This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. another episode of Inner Healing Paths. Before we go into this week's episode, I want to give a few announcements. So as you know, the theme of this month has been on ancestral connection and reclamation of our ancestral wisdom. This is a time of year in which many cultures around the world honor their ancestors through ritual and offerings and altars and altares and it's it's a worldwide intentional connection with the memory of those that came before us so in honor of these traditions i will offer a free guided group meditation to help those that want to learn more about connecting with their ancestors this uh, this event or these meditations will start the week of October 18th and I will be going live on Instagram at 9.30 p.m. every night for the week of the 18th and I will be guiding you through a short meditation. So if this is something that you're interested in learning more about, join live on Instagram or you can catch the replays. Another event that I'm going to be having it will be on October 25th, and I will once again offer my previous workshop titled Healing Your Inner Child Through Ancestral Connection. And in this workshop, we will dive in a bit deeper in calling on our ancestors to help us heal our inner child. This will be done in community and with my gentle guidance and coaching throughout the process. So if you're interested in learning more about this, feel free to check out my website and you can also send me an email and I will be happy to give you more information. And of course, you can check out my Instagram account, which will have more details. This event will be on Monday, October 25th at 8 p.m. And it will be recorded for those that cannot make it live. So and, you know, I will include the links to this on the show notes for this episode. So now I want to give a brief intro to our our guest. So today uh, you're going to be listening to Alejandra Purple Liera. And in this episode, we dive into the topic of reconnecting with our ancestral ways as a way to help us mend and heal our generational traumas and wounds. Purple talked about the importance of community and sisterhood to help us tap into our own medicine. And Purple so candidly shared about all the different paths that have helped her heal from trauma and from a toxic relationship. She shares 
uh, information on sweat lodge ceremonies, jiboso and water healings and psychotherapy. So it is such a wonderful conversation. I know you will love this episode. I do have to give a brief disclaimer. This podcast episode does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This episode does not substitute for health care or mental health services of any kind. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, take a listen. Hi, Purple. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for agreeing to to be interviewed by me for this podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for considering me for this. Yes, of course. Of course. I love all the work that you put out and everything that you have going on. And I want others to learn more about it. <laughs> so yeah, so are you ready? Are you ready to get yes. started? Yeah. Okay, let's go for it. So to get started, just uh, you know, I just want to invite you to share with our listeners a little bit more about you, where you're from, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so my name is um, Alejandra Purple Liera. I am a community organizer. I'm an educator. I'm a healer. I'm an activist. I'm a community organizer. I think I said that already probably. <laughs> I'm a That's sister. Okay. I'm a daughter. Um, I'm a tia. And uh, yeah, I just been on this healing uh, journey for a little bit over 10 years. And I've been, you know, healing, going through going through my own journey. And in going into my own own journey, I've been helping others heal. Um, I've been actively now uh, holding space uh, for a little bit over five years now. Um, And just really excited um, to be here. But I don't know what else to to mention. (laughs) Yeah, no, you yeah, you wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. right? And and sometimes it always it's always amazing when we actually reflect on all the roles that we play out in our lives it's it especially you know as um and i identify as a woman especially as a woman you know like just everything that we do yeah it is (laughs) amazing it's a lot but i love i love it all i love working with kids i love being an educator i actually took a break for a year um and started just full-time organizing with the incidental community land trust and um was doing the Women of Color Sister Collective as well. So um, I actually am going to go back into education, going to go back into working with kiddos this month. So I'm ready to get back into it and um, also grow the Women of Color Sister Collective and uh, just continue to hold space. Lots of blessings coming. Absolutely. And and you're from you're from just share with the listeners, are you from LA? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from LA. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, um, Fernandeño Tatavium land. Um, and I grew up in Pacoima. My parents are first are um I'm first generation. My parents came to the United States from Michoacan, so Mexican American. Um, I identify as indigenous as well. My dad is Purepecha and spoke Purepecha uh, from Michoacan. And so, you know, in, in growing up, uh, learning a lot of a lot of my culture, a lot of like the traditions, um, you know, at first 
growing up, I felt very isolated and learning, you know, learning those ways because uh, not a lot of my peers, not a lot of my friends, you know, identified as that. And I felt kind of like, you know, at that age, when you're little, it kind of felt um, excluded and was kind of ashamed. And as I got older, you know, I started really being proud, proud of, you know, my heritage, proud of, you know, um, you know, just the indigenous culture and learning from my dad and his ways and, you know, the medicine and understanding like my grandma and like her remedios understanding, you know, even just like the oppression that they, that really brought my dad here to the United States, you know, indigenous uh, communities are one of the most oppressed, not only here in the, in the United States, but also in Mexico. And, um, you know, as I wear my huipiles and my rebosos here in the United States, I know that that's a privilege where in Mexico, you know, um, indigenous people are looked at as inferior, you know, I think now they're starting yeah. to starting to kind of be more acceptance, especially with the with the organizing um, that a lot of the Zapatistas are doing as well. So I'm very inspired by the Zapatistas. I'm very inspired by, um, you know, like just reclaiming, you know, these ways. And that's really the root of my, um, of my healings. That's the root of the offerings I do of like, you know, um, all of us really reclaiming, reclaiming these ways and connecting with our ancestors, you know, by, by including our traditional foods, our traditional songs, learning, you know, um, these healing ways because our people used, you know, these holistic ways of healing and, and um, yeah, we used to like heal in so many beautiful ways. So now I'm like all for it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that. That was beautiful. And you, you just said so much and I definitely want to unpack, you know, you said so many uh, just so many very wise words that you just shared. But uh, before I do that, I do want to just, um, just uh, you know, just in, in, in your view in terms of your own experience and with the work that you've done at all levels, you know, through your own healing and the ancestral work that you do and through your uh, professional roles that you do play in personal roles. Um, you know, how do, you know, because like I said, this, you know, this podcast is all about inner healing paths, because I do believe like you, like you said, there are so many paths and you share a few of those paths already. Um, but from your own perspective, how does, um, how does healing happen? How does it, how does it look, you know, from, from your, from your view and in, in personal experience or just the work that you've done with folks? Yeah, I, I mean, healing, there's no right or wrong way to do healing. There really isn't. I think that um, everybody starts at different times and that's okay. Um, I think honoring the way that we as individuals heal in our own individual path. And when we start, you know, some of us have started, you know, very young. Um, I, you know, didn't really start learning like ancestral ways like of healing and modalities like until I want to say my mid 20s like I was 24 and um, I'm 36 now and 
you know, it's been, it's been a long journey to heal. And the way that I heal might not be the way someone else heals, right? So that's why honoring the way each individual heals. But I was healing from a lot of trauma, a lot of uh, trauma that I wasn't really um, making space for that I didn't even realize I was holding, um, you know, childhood trauma. And then um, it wasn't until I was in a very toxic, mentally, physically, uh, spiritually abusive relationship in my um, early teens, um, early 20s that, you know, how to get out of that, that relationship. And it was like a very toxic cycle. And I didn't know how and, um, you know, I, I had hit rock bottom, like where I was just like, I really needed that extra support. So I was very open to whatever came my way because I just needed to get out of that that state and, and really uplift my worth and really get out of that relationship. And so a friend of mine who, um, really good friend of mine, Yudi, introduced me to um, an all-woman sweat lodge. And what a sweat lodge is, it's like a temascal or a temascal for Southern southern Native or um, uh, Inipi for, um, you know, Native American. But uh, it's a form of sweating, like you, um, you connect with uh, the fire, with the different elements and you go in there and it's dark and it represents the womb. So you crawl back into the womb, they pour water into the hot rocks and you're like sweating and it's dark. Uh, so metaphorically, you are releasing all that, you know, that you've been storing in your body. And then also you are literally letting go of all the toxins that are in your body. And, you know, these, these go back to our ancestors, you know, we used to come in community and, and talk in circles. And so I know that for that lodge, we we had platicas. We used to talk before going into circle and like, you know, just talk about why we're why we're joining and what we're wanting to release. And then, um, you know, so I started going and it really helped me purge everything that I was holding. I didn't realize not only was it that relationship, it was also a lot of things that I had been holding since I was a child. And so, um, that place gave me a safe space to really be able to let that go, acknowledge it, and then also hear, hear all these other women who were also in similar positions as me, whether they had already overcame it, whether they were in a similar situation um, or had a similar experience. And these were women, women of color, women from all ages, like elders, younger women than me, women around the same age. And even some had other other stories, you know, everybody has their own individual healing story. So being able to hear and be in a space where other women, you know, were sharing really made me feel like not alone, made me feel like, wow, you know, these women, they went through a similar situation and they overcame that, like there is hope, you know, because when you're, you're getting out of a very abusive relationship, your mental state is in like, it's in a whole other um, level of consciousness where you're just not feeling good about yourself, you know, because it's abusive mentally, physically, and verbally. So your, your mental state is in a very um, sensitive state. And so in that moment, I really needed something to uplift me. I was like, needed something to help me get out of, out of, you know, that, um, out of that dark place that I was in. And so I was dedicated to go every month because it was once a month. And so I kept going for around five years. And then in the fifth year, um, 
as I was going, um, my elders, my maestras, you know, there was these two women that were keeping fire. And then, you know, they were like, okay, these two women have been keeping fire for those like four, like three, four years. So they said, we need new women to step up and to learn how to keep the fire. So it really, what that meant, what keeping fire meant was preparing the space for women to arrive, um, attending to the fire so the rocks can be heated by the time the women came. And it was just a lot of labor. And so I was a little hesitant at first because I was like, oh man, that means I'm not gonna be able to go in there and sweat. I have to commit to 13 months consecutively and tend to the fire and hold space. But at the same time, I felt, like I was stepping into a lot of leadership roles at the time. And so this was like a spiritual leadership role. And my maestra said, you know, um, holding the fire is a different type of ceremony. And, you know, you're still going to receive a lot from it. And so when I when I started holding space um, and tending the fire, I was also attending. I got introduced to a woman's circle out in Boyle Heights. And I was attending as a participant. I was learning meditation. So I would be like, oh, can I, you know, can I, can I do a meditation? And so they were so sweet. They would let me, you know, chime in and do meditations and bring in like, you know, things that I also enjoyed, like vision boards. Um, one of the facilitators around the same time, Amanda, she moved to um to Oregon. So then they were asked me at the same time, would you like to facilitate? So simultaneously I was learning how to keep fire yeah. and hold space and facilitate circles. Yeah, so you were you were called, you know, at that at that time in your life to yeah. show up for others. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when I started learning, like it was a whole different way of healing because now you're holding space and it's it's still like you're still healing, but now you're learning to help others and support others in their journey and learning how to really like, it's not about us. It's about the process. And there's so much individual healing in that as well, because you're learning like how to listen. You're learning how to hold space. You're learning how to how to be gentle, you know, and, and seeing other people grow and seeing other people heal is such a it's such a beautiful space to be in and and then also learning how to not not carry what other people are letting go you know learning how to how to di differentiate your you know what you're healing and what you're letting go and what someone else is letting go and so learning you know ways of also like making sure you know when closing a space you open a space how to close the space how to make sure that you know, I don't carry that, how to make sure that, you know, I'm strong enough to hold space, how to recognize when, you know, I'm, I don't have capacity and putting boundaries and saying, you know, I, I can't hold space at this time, I need to be held. And so, you know, it's been a journey and, and my own healing to a lot of things have happened along the way as I, I started holding space and learning how to also set boundaries. That was a big one, like setting boundaries for myself, learning how to um tend to my own needs as well so that I can be I can be at the capacity of holding space so that's been a little bit of like my healing journey and how I got introduced a lot of women a lot of women had a lot to do with my own healing opening spaces and once I began going to uh, sweat lodge that really opened doors for me because I got introduced to other ways of healing and I was very open for me it was like very open and if I felt safe, like um, I had a friend who introduced me to Rocio Navarro, who does water healings. 
And um, for a long time, I was doing a sweat lodge, which I felt was a little like um, you had like purging and a little more like tough, like a little more rough, you know, but it helped you release where water healing was very gentle. And it reminded me healing can also be gentle. It doesn't have to be painful. And so there's a balance and a duality. And so um, meeting Rocio, I started going to her healings and that was really beautiful. And she's a close friend um, and she's a beautiful healer as well. Like that's beautiful medicine. And uh, also along the way, going to therapy. Therapy really helped me. I'm a big advocate for therapy. Therapy has helped me tremendously and also unpacking, you know, things that I, that I, you know, still have to let go because trauma, you know, gets stuck and stored in our, in our body, but also in our subconscious. So being able to have someone to talk to who is, you know, not my family, not my partner, um, someone who is, you know, has no judgment and can just listen from a, from a place of love and just really just hold space for me is, I feel is, is really needed. And, you know, I ended up finding um, a therapist who was really awesome, you know, who a uh, person of color, um, it was indigenous circle wellness. And um, I love them, <laughs> you know, and, and I needed someone who was going to be like, what, like any ceremony, <laughs> you know, who's going to understand like what I do. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of modalities out there for healing. And I think like, being open and trying them and seeing what what works and what feels right and what feels safe and not just going just to anyone just to go because it's trendy there's a lot of you know now people that are holding space but we it's okay to ask like you know what are your credentials how long have you been doing this work who are your teachers who keeps you accountable because we have to be safe sometimes you know, we go to these spaces and we're left open and and our trauma is like leaking out and, and we don't have the resources or we're new to this healing journey and we don't know how to close it, you know, so we're left open. So also making sure that, you know, as you're arriving to this healing space that you also do your research and that, you know, is it someone that you know that you trust that is recommending you to this space and like, um, you know, if it doesn't feel right, it's okay. You don't have to go back, and, but don't Absolutely. give up there. Yeah, not giving yeah. up there, still trying, you know, other right. ways. Yeah, and you know, I, I just want to thank you for so candidly sharing your journey because it sounds like, it, you know, and this is something that I also see, you know, people just want to be in a hurry to just heal, get it over with. And that's, you know, and, and what you described in terms of starting with that really toxic relationship, right? And, and that how that the end of that relationship is really what propelled your search for for medicine for healing medicina, you know, and through many different ways, but um, it just I think it, you know, you just gave a beautiful example of healing takes time and it is a journey, right? It's a journey and, and I personally believe that this is a lifelong journey and, and it doesn't mean we're, we're always moving forward, right? And, and at different times, different stages of our lives, healing is going to look very different. Um, but for you at the, at the very beginning, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the sweat lodge and, and that's, it sounds like the, and being in sisterhood, being in community, 
it sounds like that's what you needed. You know, it sounds like that's where your, that's what your, your, your heart, your mind, your soul, that's where you were at. Right. And then later on, it it sounds like then you were called to facilitate and and that was healing in in, in a whole other way. And and that's where you were at, at that point, right. You were stepping into your, your, um, your part, your leadership part, right. Your, your role as a leader. And then, um, and then you mentioned the water healing and how it was so soothing and gentle. And that's where you were at. You, You were welcoming you know your whole body was ready for that type of gentle and soothing um, healing so you know I just want to emphasize that for our listeners that you know that are hearing your beautiful story and how it unfolded it, it takes it takes time and it takes a lot of patience with ourselves and sometimes that is the hardest thing to do right to give ourselves the patience the compassion to just allow our journey to unfold little by little because there is no shortcuts as you, you know as I'm sure you've experienced yeah, definitely no shortcuts. And you're absolutely right. This healing is a lifelong life journey. And I didn't realize that there was a moment in my time when I had stepped into my leadership role where, you know, my ego, you know, came in, I'm human. And I was like, all right, I'm healed. <laughs> you know, I did all these things, I'm healed. You know, but life happens and life continues. And, you know, I, I my dad got sick. He passed away. It's been a year since he passed. And so that was, thank you. That was really hard. That was a really hard, Absolutely. you know, yeah. journey to go through and, and figuring out, like, also honoring my boundaries and, and not holding space at that time. I wanted to hold space, especially in the midst of COVID. And I had to stop you know, facilitating women's circle. And I, I decided, oh, I'm going to do meditations, meditations. I'm able to just, you know, hold space in a different way where um, I'm not left drained. I'm not left, you know, I'm, I'm able to still give from a place that I, that I'm receiving. There's reciprocity. And so, um, you know, I had to like really figure out that road and that was really hard. And then when my dad passed, you know, that was really hard stepping into like taking care of my mom and, you know, figuring out like, wow, there's still a lot of stuff that I'm healing. I'm in, in a very healthy relationship now with a very beautiful, beautiful person, my partner, Arthur, who's, who's amazing. And, and he teaches me every day, you know, that relationships can be healthy, how to talk, how to communicate, how to be gentle, that there's someone there that can also you know, in a loving relationship can can take care of you and you can take care of them and there's reciprocity. But also me learning how to um, let go of, you know, being in an abusive relationship, even though it had been already decades, it had been like 10 years and getting into this relationship, I thought like, oh, I'm healed from all that because I did all this healing, but I had not been in a committed relationship. So then coming into this relationship really tested me like, you know, he's not here to hurt me. Like he's showing me, he's showing up for me in a healthy, beautiful way. So I had to really let my guard down and heal, heal those wounds that I didn't know that were still there. And like, you know, learning how to communicate, learning how to communicate in a way that's where, where I would struggle a lot. Like, um, how to communicate, uh, um, not from my trauma, not from, you know, my wounds, but communicate from a place of love and understanding. And so, you know, that's another, another uh, journey that I'm heading into my relationship, you know, we're, we're getting married and like, you know, how we want to. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So it's a whole other, you know, so 
a yeah, whole other yeah that, that's what I mean is like every stage of life just brings you different challenges that could potentially trigger past experiences or not it could just be new right new yeah. experiences that you have to navigate and learn how to deal with you know and, yeah. but um but I, I think what what you're describing is that um in part of the healing that you, you know is that you're you have the awareness of it right the awareness um that that is everything right that makes yeah. everything different this time around right yeah. you the the, the part the, the the part of you that is aware of of your past experiences and your past um, traumas with your relationship that part you know you know and so when you experience something with your in your healthy relationship now that part of you carry that part and, and you're able to identify it and you can work with it right right I mean when you're aware when you know what's happening we can yeah. do something about it but you know if we don't know then we just continue on with life and I think part of that the healing is uh, awareness you know just yeah. gaining that awareness and a, a lot of times people they have a lot of awareness but they and they don't know what to do with like okay I, I know all this but what now right and 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 that's that and that is part of the journey every stage you're going to have different different tools hopefully different um, you mentioned some wonderful women around you at the beginning of your journey right um, that guided you and, and and you know I want to go back to what you, you mentioned therapy too and you mentioned you know so many different paths and, and that is so important you know that you had you've always it sounds to me like when you were ready and you started searching for healing you you had someone there to guide also you know get you know hold your hand and just say okay let's let's walk through this together whatever that may be water yeah. healing or now now in your relationship right you have your partner so it, it's I and that's how it is for a lot of people right we we're we're not meant to do this alone um we're meant to be in community and it doesn't have to be a therapist all the you know all the time although there's a role and a time for that but the, the what you I think what I'm get, getting is that you being in relation with with another person that can see you that can witness and and kind of reflect back what is going on with you and yeah so yeah. I just want to really emphasize that because I know right now there's a lot of there's a move you know, a, lot, a lot of things trending quote self-healing and, and you know self-healers and all that and you know and and there is there's also things, there's also things that you need to with, you know, within ourselves, but we do it with, um, or in connection with others. Right. Yeah. Um, so just want to emphasize that but your journey is just so beautiful. And, and it sounds like life just keeps giving you more opportunities, you know, to continue healing, <laughs> Thank to continue you. on your path. I do, you know, I trust, I really trust in the beginning, when things would happen, I would like cry and be like, why is this happening? And be in that victim mentality because, you know, that's that's where I was coming from at that time. And so I had to really rewire those thoughts and rewire, rewire my subconscious of like, I am not that victim. I'm a survivor and I am a warrior and I'm worthy. I'm worthy of all these things. I have support and building community really helped. Building community, sisterhood, being able to also like ask for what I need. That was really hard. You know, um, asking for support was really hard learning that, you know, like, yes, people want to help me. People are like, you know, willing to come and help me when I'm struggling, when 
you know, everyone wants to see you be successful. Those who love and care for you, your community wants to see you succeed. And so um, learning to rewire that and rewire my, you know, that I am worthy and like really putting, really stepping into that and to that mentality has really opened a lot of doors for me. And so now when situations or challenges come, now I have the tools. Now I have the tools where I don't feel flustered, although sometimes I can and, and I'll honor those feelings and I'll give myself that time to honor those feelings. But then at the end of the day, I remember like, you know what, everything's gonna be okay. I'm guided, I'm supported. I trust that things are gonna work out and, um, you know, also being able to ask for the support and being able to just know, hey, this is just another phase and I'm going to get through it. You know, every time that something happens, you know, I'm able to get through it. So I shouldn't get worked up, you know. And so I have the tools. I think that's important. Beautiful. That's important. Yeah. You know? and, and, you know, the what you just described right there for our, our listeners, you know, it's it's that idea that we talk a lot. Of, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing it, you know, as a therapist and you know, what you just described is that concept that we try to teach our patients or our clients, um, which is the wise mind, right, the, to develop that wiser part within yourself. So you like what you said, so you can see, okay, this is what's going on now. Let me get, you know, let me go back to the tools or resources that I, that work for me, uh, or let me get back into my community or with my my sisterhood or my my circle, my therapist, my friend, you know. And so that wiser part of you is what allows you to get back on track when we do um, feel like um, we're we, we've been triggered or we don't know what to do with this new challenge you know so yeah. that is so beautiful and and that is definitely the goal right to have what you just described that you're able to do for yourself definitely I think yeah. it's yeah I think that you know therapy um, you know other healing modalities really help I think you know, for anyone who's starting their journey now, like just being open, self-help books have helped as well. Like there's so many beautiful books out there that, you know, just give so much knowledge, have so much knowledge, share so much wisdom. Um, you know, there's a lot of beautiful books. There's also, you know, I think meditation has really helped me. I feel that meditation has really helped me also just kind of, you know, teach my body how to relax and how to like connect with my breath and how to connect with my body because a lot of times you know when when uh, what I would feel when I would get in stressful situations my body would feel it. I would feel it in my heart I would feel like a like something stuck in my throat so I would I knew like okay or my or in my stomach so I knew okay I'm I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling safe. And so learning how to identify that and like how to take care of myself when those moments come and recognizing that in my body and releasing and giving me the opportunity to just go back to my breath, go back to my body and relax and um, and just really come back to a, a center, to my center, to my to a center place where I can, you know, make decisions and you know, knowing that in that time, just honoring those emotions that that come, you know, when we have different situations, I know through COVID has been really hard for a lot of us, like, there has been a lot of changes, we're going on like a little bit over a year, year and a half going to two years, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's been hard. It's been crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's been very challenging. And like, and then we're talking about you know, every stage, I mean, talk about this stage, right, that we're 
we are all in and definitely you know we each had a different experience with it but it, i think most people would agree that it's been very very difficult to navigate i think a lot of us now have a little bit more experience and we're able to you know we've bounced back to a certain extent but then the uncertainty still very much up in the air we really we still don't know you know so we're just kind of I think most of us are just kind of playing it out day by day or week to week, you know, and, yeah. and seeing what happens. But I, I do want to go back to something you mentioned at the beginning, because, you know, we're um, for the month of October, I, I really want to showcase, you know, uh, uh, folks that that connect with their ancestors and have a connection with their ancestral wisdom and lineage. And, and you mentioned that you know, at the beginning, you mentioned the just to eat that, reconnecting with your ancestral ways and honoring that. Can you talk a little bit more about how that looks like for you? What, what does that practice in your life or with others, with the work that you do? How does that look like? Yeah. So for me, um, because my dad was very, um, he always would share, you know, like our traditions and in, in our family, we still do a lot of like um, a lot of those traditions, like when people get married or like parties, there's these canastas that we have that we do like a dance with They have like the union of the families with the pan, with the chocolate. And so that those teachings I got from my dad and then from my grandma, like her remedios and stuff. And then the reboso, like learning about the reboso, my grandma would always wear a reboso every day, every day. It was part of, you know, her, her clothing and she would have her braids and she's the one that taught me how to braid my hair. She taught me how to make tortillas a mano, you know, when I would oh, go to Michoacan. <laughs> And so those teachings I had as a child from my dad, but I think, you know, because of colonization, I don't think they understood that. They understood that, like how sacred those those teachings and those traditions are. But it wasn't until I started going to Sweat Lodge that I started really um, learning a lot of the healing modalities. And I started tying a lot of these things back to the teachings my dad you know, would share, my family would share, and my grandma would share. And I started really, like, asking questions about the reboso and learning how, you know, I, I started seeing a lot of, like, doulas use rebosos for healing work and for, um, you know, for labor. But rebosos can also be used for healing and for traditional massage. And so I um, ended up learning how to do... Um, Reboso uh, Masaje, then uh, they call it Reboso Nawa. Oh, and um, yeah. I had a, I've I heard had of a, it, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I had a maestra who came from Mexico, from Morelos, that I met, that I got introduced through uh, my mentor, Trini. And um, I started learning Reboso healing from her and, um, and how to heal trauma, how to heal trauma using the Reboso and going back. She calls it sanando or uh, la herida. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And so I got in touch with that. I started learning. And then when I started learning from that, I was like, wait, my grandma would wear rebosos. And so I just saw the connection. My dad would buy me rebosos when he would go to Michoacan. I just felt really, really connected to rebosos. And there's this mujer, um, I forget her name, who I found on Instagram. Everybody was like, oh, you need to follow her. And she's from Michoacan, from a town really close. And she was born in Michoacan, from a, a town really close to my dad. And I took a course with her. And um, her name is, 
I don't know her name, Luz, uh, I think it's Lucia, oh, Lucia Cherry. And um, so I took a course with her mm -hmm. and I started learning like the stuff that she was teaching. I was like, oh my gosh. Like she started talking about atoles, which atoles are very sacred um, when someone is uh, going through postpartum because um, not only what it has, it's a, uh, like the ingredients, but also the warmth. Also like it helps to um, like the, the moms lactate so that they can feed the children. Um, and so just with the, the, with the milk, right? Yeah, with the yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah. I know because my mom was all about atoles when I, okay. when I was in my post, like, you know, postpartum stage. Um, she was just like, let me, you know, the best atole de, de lote, an atole de fresa, atole de vainilla, you know, I every atole de chocolate. Everybody. Yes. And so she was going through it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you mentioned something so interesting. You mentioned that sometimes our, our our parents or even our grandparents, you know, sometimes they 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 just that's just their way of life, right? They, they, they're not really seeing it as the, the way a lot of the, like our generation, right? The, we're waking up to appreciate these, these rituals and we are seeing them as rituals, as medicine. And we just like, we're just taking it in. It feels like, like fresh water to us, you know? Cause we we're so, we've been, I think a lot of us are, have been so conditioned to, to look down at these things, right? Yeah. Especially being in this American culture uh, so I think what you're describing is a waking up, you know, it sounds like you woke up to your ancestral medicine through the rituals that your family was already had, right? It's almost yeah. like you just became aware and you, you, the intention behind, behind yeah. for you changed, but this yes. is something that you've been, you've been around because I know yeah. I can relate to that too. It's like, I've been yeah. around this my entire life, you know, but I'm just now appreciating it and I'm just now doing it with the intentionality of remembrance and connecting yes. with my abuelitas and their energy yes. and what they passed on. Yes. yes. So thank I you for, for, for bringing that, you know, to, to our attention. Yes. It's, it, you know, you just said it, like a lot of these ways, like we had no idea that, that they're, they have been passed on by our great great grandmothers and our great great grandmothers got it from it's these are ancestral ways and i didn't put two and two together until i started learning traditional healing modalities from different maestras and how it came back you know like um from our great great grandmothers from our ancestors and learning about like even the symbolism behind cacao learning different medicines different ancestral medicine um and so in learning that and learning about all that i started connecting okay well what what medicine and what foods did we use in that region where where my parents are from in michoacan and so i started really um learning that and i'm still learning that because i know a lot of nahuatl songs that have helped me heal a lot of traditional sacred songs and so I'm starting to learn a lot of like the Michoacan songs. It's a whole, they're in a whole different other language. And so like I know that in Oaxaca, they speak a whole other language as well. And they have their own traditional foods, own songs. So I think it's so important as we heal, going back into our families and then also healing through our traditional ways, like those foods, those foods are sacred. They were in our families for a reason. They were passed yeah, on for absolutely. a reason. You know, yeah. even the caldos, the caldos, like, <laughs> right, exactly. so good. Like when I was learning from this mujer from Michoacan, 
um, she was talking about the different cargos and talking about the reboso and the healing. And um, it just brought me back to my grandmother. It, it really connected, connected me back to my grandma. And I felt like, like this aha moment of like, okay, you know, my dad would tell me, you know, my grandpa was a solador. And so I know how to massage because he taught me at a, at a very um, young age. I don't know why he looked at me. He didn't teach my sister or my brother, you know, but my dad just was like, man, vas a aprender, you know, you're going to come learn. And my dad would massage, like a lot of our family members would come when they would get anginas, like when their tonsils were a little bit swollen, uh, when they would get a cold. And um, so he taught me how to massage and how to do that. And so I guess at an early age, I was already like learning these ways, but um, it wasn't until I started healing and started learning, you know, from others. And then from there, I started really having this connectedness to my ancestors, this connectedness to my, the grandmothers, to my grandmothers, um, and just really using that energy to really help others heal and help others find that within themselves because you know we're as we're healing we're healing our families we're healing you know like these cycles in our families are we're healing our lineage you know because trauma gets passed on trauma gets passed on in our bodies in the womb you know so whether we know it we inherit these traumas but we also are have the capacity to heal these traumas for them and for ourselves. And I noticed that when I began healing, my family and I, we weren't as close as we are now. Um, I had a different relationship with each each family member, you know, with my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad. But when I started healing, I really healed those wounds. I really healed those relationships. It now was in a different state of mind of forgiveness in a different state of mind of like uh, being able to hold space and to be able to talk to them in a in a place not from ego not from my wounds not from my trauma but from from a place of um of understanding a place of like you know putting all the puzzle pieces together of like okay this you know my mom you know she wasn't um as as loving or as nurturing because maybe she didn't have that growing up and then learning her story, you know, learning her story of crossing the border, learning her story of like, you know, traumas that she went through and then understanding, okay, she didn't have the capacity. She tried the best that she could. She was also working, you know, in a warehouse, like as a seamstress, like just how capitalism also affected her, you know, in trying to achieve this American dream. And then learning all the way her love language was, you know, cooking food and like, you know, gifts. She loved giving gifts and food. And, you know, my dad, he was, thankfully, he was very nurturing and he would like very loving and hug us. And he was just that. So whatever part I was missing, I was receiving from my dad. And and so, you know, being able to, to recognize that and heal that. And then um, even saying, I love you to my brother, mm. my sister. <laughs> it was like yeah, the first time I said it to hard. them, they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like so I love you too. Like, Are you okay? <laughs> and now I'm like, I love you, you know, and I could just say it freely. And it feels so good, like, you know, hugging my mom. My mom, she wouldn't hug me. She like, she wouldn't hug us for birthdays or anything like that. She wasn't very affectionate. And I really, growing up, I really needed that affection. I really, I didn't know how much I needed until I became an adult and I was able to heal those wounds. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for her to hug me. Like, I'm going to hug her. 
And I'm like, vente para acá, you know, and I hug her and I kiss her oh, and she just yeah. lights up, you know, yeah, and I, it's I so still beautiful. receive. Yeah. But I had to heal in order to get to that place. Yeah. And, and you know, what you, what you alluded to is that, that idea that when we heal in, in our lives and with, you know, whatever we are experiencing, we actually heal the generations before us and after us. I think there's a Native American saying that it's seven generations before, seven generations after, just by us doing the work and, and, and making an effort and the setting the intention to heal from our own, our own wounding. And, you know, and so is that you know it's it's, it's an, a beautiful example of, of of that healing that you were able to to now pass on or or also share with your mom and then I'm sure you will be passing that on you know but you know I I, I wanted to to point out that you mentioned that the more you heal the closer you got to your family that the more you connected with your ancestral wisdom and that in in those traditions and your lineage the 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 more you wanted to know about where, where you come from your parents and their stories and their trauma you know and, and that's one thing that I can uh so relate to you because that's the same you know that happened to me I used to uh pay for uh, cacao ceremonies and I used to pay for all these classes and and events and and to learn right and then yeah. the more I learned the more I realized that um I have teachers all around me in my own in my own life with with my mother and, and my grandmother's stories and so it in a way that I, I feel like the more you try or you set the intention to connect with your ancestors in whatever way it just brings you closer to to home you know closer to yeah. your for me it was yeah. I've I brought me closer to my mom and now she's my teacher you know now I'm learning everything that I'm learning now is from my mom you know and I'm writing it all down I, I'm telling her this is a little book that we're doing together because we need to pass this on and she's very she's all for it so what I what I mean is it just kind of gives you like with what you were saying that the more we do the more we try to connect with that the more we heal the relationships in this and like in real life right like yes. in this in our day-to-day so yeah. that was that was that's beautiful and and it, it sounds like um you mentioned your 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 grand your grandpa for some reason showed you how you know the so how to Sobar or you know yeah. what to do he was a sobador you mentioned you said right yeah now. yeah he was a sobador yeah and I think he's you know he's there's a I'm sure he saw that healer part within you you know the 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 the, the one that the part that wanted to that was ready to learn this and maybe not not at that point maybe you weren't ready to take it on but but here you are right yeah. sharing sharing <laughs> all this with with the folks that you work with yeah definitely and it gave me that like you know, at that moment, I didn't really understand like what was happening or like, why do I need to learn this? I want to go outside to play. <laughs> you know, I don't want yeah. to learn this, you know, and you were chosen. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then now like thinking back, like, wow, you know, now I understand like even, even like understanding that, you know, we all have healers that healing medicine within us. We all have you know, when we make our sopita, when our loved one is sick, you know, we're putting that intention into, into that sopita, into that atole, you know, like, we're all healers, we're, and so sometimes we go and we, we're being held by these healers, by these therapists, and they're really offering us the tools for us to heal, and we all have the capacity to heal ourselves, and it takes a community, it takes our family, it takes, you know, a lot of us, 
to support each other and like you know it's it's a process and we have to um you know when we're ready when we're open like just really really being open to those who are willing to help us and um to receive and then also giving yourself credit because a lot of times you know we don't value like our own worth our own self-worth like you know when we're in this healing process sometimes it's very hard to recognize that we are, that we do have the ability to walk this path you know and to trust and that we have the tools and the tools are within us and we just need that support from um outside of us to remind us of that and to remind us and to help us with other tools that'll bring us back you know bring us mm, back to ourselves absolutely to that the guide us back to that part within ourselves right that that, that medicine the medicina that we all have within us we just sometimes don't know how to access that right because the programming and uh, the trauma and everything that we've been through just clouds that that ability to see it for ourselves but then you know like you said that's why we have uh, we can reach out to others that can help us be that mirror so we can find our our medicine that's so beautiful and you mentioned being open and ready and that's that is I want to emphasize that because that is everything right yeah being open but you may if you're not ready then you're you're not gonna move forward right or if you're ready but you're not open to listening yeah you're not gonna you know so those two things at the same time is what we need to start or to continue on on our healing path yeah and it's okay if like you digress a little bit it happens <laughs> like being patient all the time and, yeah yeah <laughs> i digress yeah. i've digressed before you know so it's it's okay being gentle i think showing ourselves grace showing each other grace is very important yeah. and, and and you know and and it's it doesn't matter where you're at on your path you know we all we all have our, our ups and downs and the difference is that, you know, when we've done some of the work, we know when to reach for help, you know, when we went to, like I was mentioning earlier, call someone that we know can, can help us get back on, you know, get back on, on track. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Purple, thank you so, so much for this wonderful conversation. I really enjoy talking about everything we talked today this is this is why i i I'm, i love doing this i've been doing it for a very long i mean very short time but i've been thinking about it for a long time and this is exactly why i you know i wanted to do this just to have these wonderful conversations about these these topics that need to be um that we need to amplify more the, these voices that need to be amplified and the message that needs to be shared that you know essentially that healing is possible it doesn't matter what has happened you can heal and, and you can start anywhere really Oh, thank you yeah. so much. I appreciate oh, you. Course. I appreciate your time. Thank you for letting me tell my story. And yes, I hope course. that those who are listening, you know, are able to receive and, and get something from it. Yes, I hope so too. And for the folks that want to get to know you and maybe follow some of the work that you do, how can they find you? Yeah, so they can follow um, the Women of Color Sister Collective on Instagram, um, Facebook. There's a TikTok. I just started a TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm so into TikTok right yeah, now. I, I love watching. I love watching videos. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> yeah, and just stay connected through there. The website is still in the works, um, but I should be announcing like just what um, workshops will be coming up 
for the fall, but trying to keep it simple and just finish off the year just with ease and then starting the year with, um, with more workshops. Thank you so much for that. And I hope that we can have a chance to connect again soon. Okay, well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.